don't want to admit it. We don't want it to show. But many of us are sitting here this morning more than likely hiding how we see ourselves. That's why so many of us have fallen short of our purpose and our calling, our kingdom potential. podcast for November 25th, 2018. Today, Pastor Dave will continue his series entitled Called. This will be the second installation in that series, and if it's anything like we heard a few seconds ago, it ought to be a great podcast. Stick around for that. Afterwards, check out our website at HoughtonBaptist.org. A lot of information about the church and things going on in the church, including Love, Inc. And we are having a bake sale benefiting Love, Inc. coming up on December 8th at our local Houghton Shop Co. So be there, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We really appreciate it. Enjoy the podcast and have a great day. Guys, I'm already tired. <laughs> I am already tired. That's not, that's not good, is it? Anybody else want to preach this morning? Anybody? Takers? No? Okay. I, I guess I'll have to. Seems though I'm here. Let's pray. All right? Father God, you are great, and you are mighty, and you are a king. Father God, I pray that you would continue to raise up leaders and disciples in our church. God, I pray that you would weigh so heavily on our heart this morning our need to follow you. God, that we would just stop fighting. We would stop resisting. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak mightily through me. And Lord, I give you my physical pain and my physical suffering and all of those things, God, that you might be glorified through what I'm going to do this morning and what you're going to do through me. And Lord, I pray that through all of our suffering and our hardships and the battles that we face, God, that, that you would continue to, to keep us and hold us and strengthen us. Lord, we, we are in desperate need of you. God, that circumstances wouldn't change how we live for you and determine how we follow you. I pray, God, you're covering over the text and through the message. And would you just speak to our heart? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So today is week two of our new sermon series in which I've named Called. Everybody say, I'm called. I'm called. We're called. That's something that we have to drive home as we figure out what God has called each of us to do. Amen? No matter what life tells us, no matter what others say about us, we are called for greater things. Do you believe that? We are called by God to do Kingdom things. Everybody say kingdom things. Much better than the first time. You guys are just getting warmed up. You've had your coffee. Kingdom things. For starters, I I believe one of our biggest hurdles in accepting God's call on our life is getting past what others say or think about us. It's hard to envision our purpose and our calling, even our value or worth, when there are people... People who think otherwise, right? 
These things affect us as we pursue God and the things of God. In fact, it affects who we are as people and what we're called to do for the kingdom. I believe, and maybe, maybe this is just my belief, but many of us live with a poor self-image. A poor self-image. A poor self-esteem. We've been hurt. Anybody been hurt in here? Of late in your life? We, we've been hurt. We've been wounded by others. And our scars start to show through, don't they? Have you ever just met a person and just see that they've been through a difficult time? A difficult season? You can just see the, the battle scars and the wounds, right? Others... We do our best to hide those self-esteem type issues, don't we? We put on a smile. We put on a a good smile. We put out our best effort to kind of show people that we're okay and we're doing all right. But many of us, I believe, struggle with this idea of a self-esteem issue. Some of us do a better job at hiding it, though, don't we? We like to cover it up. We don't want to admit it. We don't want to admit it. We don't want it to show. But many of us are sitting here this morning more than likely hiding how we see ourselves, how we view ourselves. That's why so many of us have fallen short of our purpose and our calling, our kingdom potential, blinded by lies, right, and insults, hindered by constant criticism. Friends, before we can accept the fact that God has a special call for each of us, we have to forget what's been said and done to us and start living in what Christ has done for us. Three of you, amen? You should write that. That's good stuff right there. The Bible says this, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. That's more than a tagline on a coffee cup. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. If that's true, why do we battle self-esteem and self-image issues? Fearfully and wonderfully made. 1 Peter 2.9 says we are a chosen people. If you're struggling with your call and your purpose, listen, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Just for a second, think of your most prized possession. What is it? Some of you are like my wife, (laughs) my husband, my children. Think of that most prized possession that you have in life. The Bible says that we are God's prized possession, special possession. And it says this, We may praise Him who has called us out of darkness and into His wonderful light. God would sacrifice His own Son, Jesus, for the purpose of giving us eternal life. If we're so worthless, if we're so pathetic, if we're nobodies, why then would Jesus Christ die for you and I? Why would He do that, church? There has to be some sort of value. Listen, we're flawed. (laughs) We're imperfect. We have sin issues. But there has to be some value here. Genesis 1.27 says this, He created us in His own image. Friends, let me just tell you this morning, there's value sitting here. There's value. You have a purpose and you have a call. Your life is worth something. It means something. We are a prized possession of the Most High God. 
Don't ever, ever forget that. Now that I got that out of my system, because I think that's what slows us down in following God and fulfilling our purpose, I want to look further into the lives of James and John this morning. But in order for us to do that, we have to take the long way. That's not a good sign, right? The long, I didn't say long sermon, just the long way around. Is that okay if I do that? Is that okay? Somebody said yes. You can talk to them after service. It's their fault. I was going, I was going to, uh, to take the long way anyways, church. Let's look at Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. If you don't have your Bibles or own a Bible, there's a Bible on the rack in front of you, and you can take that home with you. Man, that water splashed clear up to here for those baptisms. I don't want to get baptized, right? Awesome. Everybody there? Say yes. Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. It says, as the crowd was pressing in on Jesus to hear God's word, he was standing by Lake Gennesaret. He saw two boats at the edge of the lake. The fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, which belonged to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the land. Then he sat down and was teaching the crowd from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Master, I wonder how many of us sound like this this morning. Master, Simon replied, we've worked all night long. Boo-hoo, right? And caught nothing. We've worked hard all night long and caught nothing. But at your word, I'll let down the nets. When they did this, they caught a great number of fish, and their nets began to tear. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. They came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. That's awesome. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, because I'm a sinful man, Lord. For he and all those with him were amazed, were amazed at the catch of the fish they took. And so were James and John, Zebedee's sons, who were with Simon's partners. Don't be afraid, Jesus told Simon. From now on, you will be catching people. Then they brought the boats to land, left everything, and followed Jesus. Notice, church, the crowd was pressing in on Jesus to hear him speak truth. To speak truth. If we're to understand our purpose and our calling, we must be in our Bibles. Amen? Wait for some of you church people to, to chime in there. We must be in God's Word, listening to what God has for each of us. Secondly, we must spend time in Prayer, real shocker, right? I'm not talking about a, just a, a, a brief prayer. I'm talking about quality time with God. Asking Him. Asking Him for favor. Asking Him for guidance. Asking Him to, to work in your life and to move you. That's the kind of prayer that I'm talking about. Without these two elements, God's Word and prayer, Working hand in hand, it will be impossible for you to hear what God has for you to hear. And yet we try. (laughs) 
It's like we go to church and we just think that God will fill us for an entire week based on one message, one service. Not going to happen, right? You have to be in God's Word, studying it, right? Reading it. Letting God speak to you and encourage you through the text. Not just come here for a one-hour fill. So write this down. This is important. You have to be present. You have to be present. Number two, you have to be listening. Sometimes we can be present, but we're not listening. Right? Be present, be listening, and be ready. It says Jesus was standing by the Sea of Galilee, and he saw two boats at the edge of of the lake. One was Peter's and one was James and John's empty vessels. I want you to picture it. Forget about the service, forget about the preaching, forget about me. Picture this empty vessels, unused, unused, unattended, unattended, waiting to be filled with purpose. Maybe that's you today. Empty vessels, empty vessels, unused, unattended. Waiting to be filled with purpose. Jesus decided to get in one of the boats, and it just so happens it's Peter's boat. And Jesus tells Peter to push him out a bit so he could begin to teach the word. You have to know, church, Peter had to have some idea of who this man was who just entered his boat. This wouldn't work in today's culture, am I right? Some random person just getting in your boat or vehicle. But it worked for Jesus. It worked for Jesus. There are three things I want you to see here right off the bat. Number one, Jesus was there to teach the word. There was another purpose. He was there for the disciples, but number one, he was there to teach the word. Did you know that that's our first obligation as a church? To teach the Bible and proclaim truth. To teach God's word and proclaim truth. Number two, he was there to see lives changed by the word of God. Also very, very important. Did you know we're here for the same purpose? To see lives changed by Christ. It's not necessarily about the coffee <laughs> or the children's ministry or the worship or the music. We're here to see lives changed by Christ. Isn't that what we're seeing? Isn't that what we're seeing? Number three, Jesus was there to recruit kingdom men. Kingdom men. Friends, I love growth. If you know me, you know I love growth. And I love new believers and new converts. But we're here to recruit kingdom men and kingdom women. To develop people. To disciple people. Did you know that we need more disciples here at HPC? Did you know that? We love growth. We love unchurched. We love all of those things. But we are here to develop people into followers of Jesus, to grow them. We need more disciples. That's why Jesus was there, scouting things out. He was going to teach and preach, do all of those things. But he was there scouting things out. It's no coincidence, church, that there was a crowd present on the shore of Galilee, pressing in on Jesus, listening and waiting and watching, expecting, what is the teacher going to do? What is the teacher going to say? Jesus needed the disciples to see how great the need was, to see the potential of the harvest. I think that's important. 
Otherwise, why would they leave behind their jobs, their businesses, their vocations to help Christ? Why would they give up everything to follow Jesus? They had to see the harvest. They had to see the potential. These fishermen would soon learn something about themselves and about their calling. It says in verse 4, When he finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water. Put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Did you know that that wasn't typical of how you catch fish? Not that way anyways. It was in shallow water where they would let down their nets to catch their fish. But Jesus said, Peter, I have something different in store for you. Put it out in deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Well, that's not how we do it. (laughs) That's not how we do it or how we've done it. We fished all day long. Picture Jesus boat and the shoreline this crowd of people and this interaction. We fished all day long. Listen, the disciples, they were, they were cooked, weren't they? They had already cleaned their nets for the day and, and docked their boats. They didn't feel like going back out, especially out into deep water. They just didn't. Have you, have you ever felt that way? Just finished a long, hard day and something else comes up? You don't feel like doing anything, do you? You just want to relax. You want to rest. You want to sit at home. You want to be done. I remember feeling that same way at closing time at Country Kitchen. Country, that's where I started. Country Kitchen in South Carolina where I work, don't laugh, as a professional meat carver. That's right. That's right. Your pastor, chef hat and everything. Oh, man, I look ridiculous in that thing. They said, you got to wear it. I said, I'm not wearing it. They said, you got to wear it. I said, I look stupid in it. I don't care. You got to wear it. Me and a chef hat. I was a meat carver. That's where I started. I stood at the end of the buffet line every single day and carved up specialty meats like prime rib, mm, roast beef, and ham. I'm getting hungry. Anybody else getting hungry? We would get everything all cleaned up. You know how I like things clean. We'd get everything all cleaned up and put away, and we'd be ready to go home. And here would come a family of five or seven or some big dinner party. Nothing worse than having to bring out that stuff. Management's like, you got to feed them. But it's closing time. It's closing time. I'm done. I've worked my eight hours. I'm out. You know what I'm talking about? I'm spent. I'm tired. I don't, I don't want to. How many of us feel like that? The boats were docked. They were at the shore. The nets were clean. The fishermen were done. But Jesus was just getting started. Training was coming. Training was coming. Some of you might feel that same way today. Done. Everybody say done. Done. Too tired. Anybody tired this morning? I haven't even had my coffee. I'm a little cranky when I don't get my coffee. Starting to be able to drink that again, so life is good. <laughs> Just a little bit. A taste of heaven. 
Done. Too tired. Too stressed. Especially around the holidays. It gets stressful, doesn't it? We don't have enough money. We don't have enough time. We don't have enough uh, sugar cookies, right? That's my dilemma. Too tired, too stressed, too overwhelmed, too depressed, too anxious, too much pain, too much suffering. Nothing seems to, to help. Not even God at times. Can I say that? Not even God at times seems to help when we feel like this. God might just be getting started with you. But we're in a hurry. We're in a rush. God might just be getting started with you. You have to see past how you feel and your circumstances to see your calling and your purpose. You know, this year has been tough for our church. Would you agree? Man, it's been a tough year. But God's doing great things through us. We're seeing it been a tough year. Great trials, coming through great trials causes great victory. We have to believe that. Great sorrow produces great miracles. It really does. Our base player, and I've asked permission to share these few things, but I think it's important that we, we share what God is doing through our suffering. But our base player of 13 years, Paul, how many years? At least 13. Been playing a long time, just rocking out. Amen? But he was diagnosed with lymphoma. Lymphoma. A very deadly cancer. And when he shared that with me, man, my, my heart sunk. And I begged God, you've you got you to gotta do something. You've got to save him. You've got to spare him. They treated him with chemo. Now he's in remission. Amen? Cancer, now remission. Only God is capable of that type of miracle. We've lost loved ones to cancer. Many of us have. God has more for you and Kim to do, and I can't wait. Then Wes, our worship leader, lost his job back in September. What a trial for him and his family. That's a tough one. But they stayed faithful. And, I, and we've watched, and it's, it's been an encouragement to Jillian and I just to watch your faithfulness and your commitment, not just your family and your church, but to God. But they stayed believing, and, and we, we prayed again. And you ask my wife, man, I, I weep over these guys. I weep over you, praying for you, interceding, begging God to step in and do something miraculous. Jillian's always got to hand me the Kleenex. It's such a sad situation. But praying, we ask God for a miracle. Wes got a job last week at Tech. Amen? I told my wife I was going to ask Wes if I could share, and she goes, I don't think he's going to let you. (laughs) Wes and Elko are private, and that's okay. But when we bring these things and these hurts and these hardships... And we pray over them. And we, when we believe God to do something miraculous, we have to celebrate the miracle. We have to celebrate because sometimes it doesn't work out for us. Sometimes we lose and we lose big, don't we? But God is not done with you guys. Amen? God never failed them. God never abandoned them. Church, just because we feel a certain way in a certain season or life becomes extremely hard and difficult, 
it does not mean that God has quit on us. God might just be getting started. We have to weather the storm, weather the trial, and the season to find our purpose and find our calling. Jesus told Peter, take your boat to deeper water and try again. I don't want to. (laughs) I don't care if you're tired, Peter. There's a miracle waiting for you. I don't care if you're spent and exhausted. I have something special waiting for you out there. But you have to go. You have to trust me. You have to fully trust me. I don't care if you're overwhelmed. I don't care if you're overwhelmed. I have a day's catch and then some prepared for you and the others. But you have to go back out. You Picture the dynamic here. The emotions, and we're so stubborn, and we're so set in our ways. You have to go back out. If I've learned anything about faith, we have to be willing to try again. No matter how we feel. No matter how we feel. You with me? You have to try again. No matter how banged up you are. Think about it. Resume after resume after resume after resume gets a job. Chemo treatment after chemo treatment, delays, diagnosis, doctor's visits, struggles, traveling. You guys did lots of traveling, right? Remission. Remission. Believing in the Lord. Believing in God. Trusting, not in themselves, maybe not in others, but trusting in God's promises, His faithfulness. I wonder how many of us have given up, and today is the day that we head back out and we try again, just just one more time. Listen to Peter. Master, we've worked hard all night and caught nothing. Is that you? And you're, you're just in this grind. You're on this treadmill called life. Master, we, I know what you're saying, but, but we worked hard all night long and we've caught nothing. But at your word, at your word, that's important. At your word, I'll let down the nets. In other words, I'm doubtful. <laughs> I'm skeptical. I'm weary and wore out, but we've tried it our way and caught nothing. At your word, I'll let down our nets. We'll let down our nets. What is it you're facing? Today you have to say, at your word. Whatever it is, hurts and wounds, doubt, fear, struggles, disbelief, poor marriage, struggling to be a parent, struggling to make ends meet, at your word! At your word, I trust you. At your word, I trust you. Notice what happens. The Bible says they caught a great number of fish, and their nets began to tear. This is what God is able to do for us. When we cannot go a step further. Some days I feel like I can't go a step further. You with me? At your word. 
when our backs are up against the wall, He provides time and time again, doesn't He? When we've given up hope, when we've lost heart, He steps in as God, as our Father, and proves Himself. And He doesn't have to, but He does. Proves Himself. Trust me. Trust me. These boys had nothing left in the tank and caught nothing without Jesus. Everybody say nothing. Nothing. And now they're nets. <laughs> Think of the amazement. Their nets were so full that they were tearing, literally ripping at the seams. As we looked at last week's installment, I wanted so badly to share that Peter and Andrew left full nets. It's hard to do. It's easy to follow God when we're empty and we're broken. But what about when our cup is full? They left full nets to follow Jesus. Full nets to follow him. And now soon James and John would do the same thing. Full nets to follow Christ. We serve a big, big God. We do. Write this down. Our calling has nothing to do with us and everything to do with Him. Let me say that again. Some of you missed that, or you look puzzled. Our calling has nothing to do with us, which that's what we make it about, don't we? And everything to do with God working through us. Him working, Him providing, Him empowering, Him strengthening. The Bible says that they signaled to their partners, and so James and John came to the rescue, filling up their boat with fish. So much so, both boats, I love the Bible, both boats were sinking. Woo! That's good stuff, right? They were that full. That full. The catch was too much for Peter and Andrew to handle by themselves. Isn't that the point? Wasn't that Jesus' point? The catch would be too great for just Jesus and a few disciples. They needed help. They needed for others to step forward. When we talk about our calling or purpose, it's not just about us. It's not or our own advancement, our own accomplishments, what we're doing. No, it's about the kingdom of God. And our great need to work with each other. Did you know that I need your help? Did you know that? I need every single one of you. More importantly, God has called every, no, no one gets a pass. Every single, even if you're visiting, you don't get the pass. God has called you for a task and a purpose. We need each other. Did you know that? We do. We do. You, you, you don't need me. <laughs> Just me. We need each other. We need each other. It's about the kingdom. Our need to, to help one another. Fulfill each other's purpose and calling. And If that means praying or encouraging. If that means loving on somebody. If that means blessing somebody. We need each other. We're to be on mission. We're to be on mission. James and John, they came to the rescue that night. 
not knowing what God had in store for the both of them. They just responded to the call. They just responded to the call. I wonder how many of us today, you you don't get to pray about this one. I hate that. If God has asked you to do something, you don't have to pray about it. (laughs) He's, He's called you. We know this by his word. I wonder how many of us will respond to the call this morning. God, I'm all in. I'm beat up, I'm banged up, I'm depressed, I'm discouraged, I'm struggling, I'm failing, I'm hurting, but I'm all in. I'm overwhelmed. I'm all in. I've been hurt by others. People talk poorly about me. People discourage me. They criticize me. I'm all in. I'm all in. At your word, I will follow. At your word, I will follow. Did you know that I'm not here to just train a few people to do ministry work? Nor do routine church? Nope. I'm here to equip the saints. That's you all. Equip the saints for works of ministry. And make as many disciples as I possibly can while I'm here. Did you know we have the capability of reaching so many more for Christ? In two and a half years, we've baptized 69 people. That is mind-blowing. I hope that never gets old. As we lead people to Jesus and people are finding their relationship with Christ, may that never get old. Whole families. In the last couple years, I've baptized like four or five entire families. That stuff happens in the Bible. Did Did you know that? That stuff happens in the Bible. And God is doing that here. Yep. We're going to reach so many more for Jesus. But it's important. We all respond to the call. Say, well, you're up there, Pastor. <laughs> We're here. That's right. We all have to respond to the call. What does that mean? What are you asking of me? Do you, do you, do you want me to quit my job? No. No. Keep working. Be a light where you're at. Be a light where you're at. Are you all in? Ask yourself that. Are you all in? Are you sowing? Are you giving? Are you serving? Are you sacrificing? Are you all in? That's the call. The disciples left full nets. Could we do that? I don't know. We're we're good about taking care of our own situations, our own lives, right? Our own problems. But to leave things behind and say, God, I will follow. What do you have for me? I've wasted so much time. What do you have for me to do? What do you have for me to do? And, and don't, don't look, look your past you like in your past, like I've done all of these things up until this point. No, start fresh. Ah, you know, you've got all these things that we've done. No, start fresh today. What more do you have for me to do? What more do you have for me to do? This miracle wasn't some sort of magic trick by Jesus. It wasn't a setup. It was an example, a picture of what God had in store for these men. Oh, friends, we have to start seeing past our own success and accomplishments and things that we do and ask, what more does God want from me? 
James and John would be very important to the work Jesus was doing, not only in the region, but would surpass working as fishermen. They started not as meat carvers, (laughs) right? But as fishermen. Fishermen. It doesn't matter where you're starting from or where you started. It matters where you're going to end up and what you're doing now. John became one of Jesus' closest friends, referred to as the one I love. What a title. The one I love. They were best friends. John was a part of Jesus' inner circle, present for some of the most prominent times in Scripture. James as well, but not as famous as his younger brother John. These two boys, Jesus named Sons of Thunder. Pretty cool name, right? Sons of Thunder. They were fiery. They were fierce. And their zeal and passion for Christ was impressive. After the catch that day and the boats were safely to shore, Peter repented. Let's just look at this and we'll close with this. Verse 8, when Simon Peter saw this, this miracle, this great number of fish, he fell to his knees. That's great. Go away from me, because I'm a sinful man, Lord. We talk about our own image to start, how we view ourselves Peter says, I'm, I'm sinful. He was, he was ashamed that he even doubted Jesus. Have you been there? I have. I've been waiting for my own miracle. And I have moments where I'm just frustrated and upset and impatient with God and angry. And Forgive me, God. Maybe that's where we need to be today. For, forgive us of how we've doubted and We've questioned you. And forgive us, God, because we we haven't sacrificed. We haven't surrendered these things to you. God, we haven't confessed sin. We haven't walked away from sin. We're still living in it. Oh, Peter is ashamed, isn't he? I'm a sinful man, Lord. For he and those with him, James and John, they were amazed at the catch of fish they took. Jesus says this, don't be afraid. It's tough. You with me? Don't be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. You will be catching people. Then they brought the boats to land, let everything, left everything behind, and followed. What is it that God is asking you to leave behind this morning? Only you know. I don't know all. I don't know these things. What is God asking of you? What's that barrier? What's that wall? What's preventing you? What's stopping you? You have a purpose and a call. Father God, we thank you for your word. Lord, this life can be tough. It can be painful. It can be difficult. 
we're all going through so many different things and difficult things, God. But you brought us together as one body in need of each other, in need of you, in need of you. God, help us to look past how we see ourselves. The self-esteem issues and images we have of ourselves, the things that we can't stand about us. God, that you would make new and refresh this morning. Build us together. Lord, we praise you for Paul's remission. God, we pray that you would keep him healthy, keep him strong. We praise you for Wes's new position and job. We thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness and your kindness. God, we celebrate you. We thank you for the baptisms and new life and new converts. God, you are gracious. You've provided. God, help us to head out into deep waters. Head out into deep waters and and cast our nets again, expecting a miracle, expecting new life and change. God, we believe in you. At your word. At your word. We trust you. We love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Before we sing this last song, I'm going to have uh, those that want to join the church come forward at this time, if you would. We've got some more things to celebrate. You just head up front. Man, I love what God is doing. Amen? Come on up. We'll make room for you. What's cool about this is as God brings new people in, they're not, they're not here to fill seats. God, we're, guys, we're not here to fill seats. You with me? We're here to make steps of faith and obey God and just take that next step of faith, whether it's giving our lives to Jesus, whether it's baptism, whether it's membership. Man, I love you all. Do you know that? Love you. I'm thankful for you. They come by statement of faith and baptism. All in favor, say aye. Aye. Any opposed? Good, I was going to have to take you out back and we're going to deal with that. Why don't you stand at this time and we're going to sing this last song. You guys can go ahead and have your back. Thank you. Praise God. So proud of you. Hey, thanks for listening to the Hope Baptist Podcast. We appreciate your support. If you're looking for a church or it's been a while since you've been to church, why don't you come and check out Houghton Baptist? We certainly love to have you. You can come as you are. We do. Also, if you're interested in giving, you can give by text. Just send a text to 906-346-1317 and follow the prompts from there. Again, thanks for listening to the podcast and have a great day.